The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL, and follow us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the show today, Calvin Wetzel from Her Hoop Stats will preview a big WNBA matchup between the Liberty and Aces. He'll also tell us what other bets he's targeting on today's slate and beyond. But first, Joe... Simply perfection. Domingo Herman gets the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history. Now, it wasn't the most efficient perfect game that we've ever seen. That came in 1908 by Addy Joss when he did just 74 pitches to record 27 outs. Herman did it in 99 pitches, but still, though, to do it in fewer than triple digits, that's something to behold in today's baseball. Again, 92 pitches, 72 were for strikes, 37 called strikes and whiffs. But perhaps the thing that's most surprising as far as this perfect game is concerned, in Herman's last two starts, two innings pitched, seven earned runs, and then three and a third innings pitched and eight earned runs allowed. Herman had just th- had just two three-ball counts that he faced all game long. This really felt like it came out of nowhere. He did it efficiently, and now Herman is immortalized in baseball history, Joe. Okay. Um, this is a day where a lot of times you point to the numbers and we'll come up with all sorts of stats, and we can talk about how it's been nearly 4,000 days since this has happened in baseball. Uh, recent guests of the show, Greg Maddox, that was a Maddox shutout in less than 100 pitches. But mm, can't, I can't fake it, man. Like, I don't care. I'll forget about it in a couple hours. The guy's a cheater. It, it, it's time and time again. And he keeps getting caught. And they keep talking about the sticky stuff on his fingers. We all know what's happening with this guy. And, yes, he's had some bad performances. And last night was great for him. But I can't imagine a lot of people outside of New York really care. But um, that's my perspective. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm Mr. Negativity this morning, though. But I'm, I'm just kind of like, it's going to be out of the news cycle today. 
I, I don't see this big celebration with, that we typically see with Perfect Games. So my take is somewhat similar. Does it count because it's against the A's? That was There's my that thought. too. Like, who, who really cares? <laughs> I mean, I guess you could make the argument if a bunch of pitchers have done this this season against the A's, it doesn't count. But I'm kind of like, it's also against the A's. Let's chill out a little bit. I'm not celebrating either. I mean, it's cool. It's historical. We haven't seen it in a long time. But, you know, it was the A's. And it's Herman. I, I, sure. There, no, as far as like a guy who did it, I don't know if this is someone we're necessarily rooting for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. one, Joe. There are other reasons that you can point to as to why, you know, it's it feels a little odd celebrating Herman. I think the the takeaway I have, and by the way, Joe, you are Mr. Negativity, even if you were celebrating this. So let's get that out of the way. But... I also think my takeaway is that this is the first perfect game that we've had in more than a decade. And given, say, load management and pitchers being pulled in the middle of perfect game bids or no-hitter bids, it Mm -hmm. did seem like there was a real possibility that we could not see another perfect game again. Or at least not for a really, really long time. Like, think a couple of generations before, say, new technology or new approaches keep starting pitchers out there. It was possible that we were never going to see this again. Again, it had been roughly 11 years since Felix Hernandez got his perfect bid. So I look at this and say, okay, it can be done. You have to do it efficiently. And perhaps you have to be a pitcher where a ball club is not relying upon said pitcher to go, say, deep into a postseason. Herman is not necessarily someone who's going to be a fixture in this starting rotation for New York, assuming they get to the postseason. He was a bit of an afterthought. There were other starting pitchers that the Yankees and perhaps baseball in general uh, felt more comfortable with. This is someone who could very well be a middle reliever if the Yankees get into the postseason. So I look at this and say, okay, it's a great achievement for him. This is something we will have to include when talking about the story of baseball in the 21st century. But I think it also tells us that, yes, you can have a starting pitcher in baseball throw a perfect game under the right circumstances. Yeah, and and you say something that we weren't sure we were ever going to see again. Uh, how many people actually saw it? <laughs> that as well because it was the A's because it was late and it was an East Coast team I don't even know that uh, a lot of Yankees fans stood up and and watched this game or even know that this was uh, occurring last night something that I would uh, like to see a study on and, I, and I'm sure we'll get it is with the rule changes implemented this season banning the shift that you know, if you have some extreme numbers, if there are players in that athletics lineup that would have been shifted on that were not due to the rules and maybe a defensive play is not made, you know, I, I'm curious on that, that it, uh, about how that impacted things, if at all, because um, you, you never know. But I, uh, I recall the Philip Umber with the White Sox, I, another – I mean, obviously, Herman is more established than a guy like Umber, but you never, it's just an example of you never know in baseball. This guy has been struggling, and then he ends up with a perfect game. And Philip Umber, a guy, you know, that nobody remembers unless you're a uh, White Sox fan and 
And I remember the radio broadcast completely botched it. Like they, they forgot where they were. And he called it at on the south side of Chicago when they were in Seattle. And that, that was a, an odd situation. <laughs> and sometimes it's been all-time guys. And then there's guys that probably have a media career like Dallas Braden just because of that one day on Mother's Day. So in that sense, it, it is cool and it's been so long. And then we think about the other perfect uh, games that we've witnessed uh, in our lives. And there are some cool moments. I, was, I got to actually work on the broadcast when Mark Burley had his. That was a, a really cool moment as well. Yeah, I was in Seattle when Felix Hernandez had his. So we've all been there. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it, I guess going back to bringing it full circle with Domingo Herman and his history and then the fact that it was against the A's, I'm not as excited about it as I was uh, when I saw Felix do it. Yeah. Did anybody watch it? Did anybody watch it live? I did. I get yeah. up way too I early. Anything live. I'm not watching that. Yep. <laughs> I don't watch. <laughs> I didn't see well, I was also, Sorry. you know, keeping track of the Angels. That what was it? I was, I was watching, watching the Angels broadcast. They mentioned uh -huh. it, and so then I flipped over uh, to watch the ninth inning because uh, the Angels weren't going to make a comeback against the White Sox. And so, it, to me, I had to be notified of it. But it was interesting that. I wasn't getting notifications in the sixth and seventh innings that this was a possibility. Instead, uh, it was through eight and from the Angels group where I finally found out, oh, wow, Ramon could actually mm -hmm. do this. And then I saw how many pitches he had, and I'm like, oh, this, this is a real possibility. Like, he's not going to get pulled after one out or something because he's exhausted himself. So I, I look at it again. I think the theoretical story that it can be done is my takeaway, not who did it or being happy for him or anything like that. I, I think that's the idea. And look, even though it is the A's, I get that they are, you know, quite bad this year. Uh, but you still have guys who are major league hitters out there. And you have a couple of decent hitters in that lineup. And so I, I still think it's hard to do. I still think uh, it is an achievement worth recognizing. Uh, you know, and there are other perfect games where if we really went back in history and say, hey, you know, how tough was this going up against, you know, this ball club that doesn't exist anymore? I, I think we could also see other perfect games that perhaps are not as impressive as others. But they all count the same, and it is number 24 on the list, and it will always be there in Major League history. I also think, though, that Yankees fans are probably even more excited about something else that has been going on over the last several hours, and that is that Yankees – Outfielder and slugger extraordinaire Aaron Judge played catch in his first baseball activity since <laughs> his toe injury. And I think this is probably something Yankees fans are, are much happy about. Uh, after Judge uh, slammed into the outfield wall uh, back at the beginning of the month at Dodger Stadium, he has not played since. But the fact that he is engaging in baseball activities when the Yankees really do need him uh, to sustain this offense – I think that's also a big deal. I guess. I mean, using the term baseball activities pretty loosely here. I mean, you could play catch in a cast. You could play catch in a boot. It doesn't mean he's close. It doesn't mean he's a week or two <laughs> away. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm not going over the top, but they're going to take their time, I would think. As long as they're hanging around, as long as they're not falling out of any sort of a race, uh, they're going to take their time and they're going to, probably wait a little bit after the all-star break that's what i'm expecting but this happening in late june 
you know, we have, we've had all kinds, kinds of conversations about Judge. Uh, but Aaron, yeah, I don't know that it's going to be soon. I don't know that it's going to be within a month. But just him being out there, being visible and throwing a baseball to someone, that would tell us that he's going to return this year. We can, we can stop the conversation about Judge not returning at all. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, okay, like maybe we'll actually get a time frame now. You know what I'm saying? Like there's actually something happening as opposed to all this wishy-washy, we don't know. Is it going to be this season? When? So yeah, it, it sounds like they're kind of dangling that out there so that eventually we might get some kind of time frame on this. Other than that, Let's move- I don't really care. <laughs> Let's move on now to this. All right. Let's move on now to the gridiron, something Aaron does care about. And we have an update on the whole gambling saga involving NFL players. From Adam Schefter, a handful of NFL players, including Colts cornerback and kick returner Isaiah Rogers, are expected to receive season-long suspensions this week for violating the Mm -hmm. NFL's policy on gambling. And... Schefter went on to uh, you know, list the key rules involving gambling and NFL players. Uh, but the fact that there are others uh, who are likely to receive season-long suspensions, we knew the NFL was going to clamp down, Joe, on this, and it looks like that announcement will come as far as that's concerned. Once you go this far with Ridley, you've got to keep it going, if not more. And if it continues, they're probably going to go even further. So are, is that confirmed? As far as we know, Rodgers is out. But does that mean the, the conversation of a lifetime ban is off the table based on the details that they do have? Because that was out there as well, that there's a possibility of a lifetime ban if he was betting, I forgot if it was on or against his own team. But yeah, I mean, let, let's see how many more times this happens this season. If the behavior continues, if they're not getting the message, and we've heard about uh, all sorts of, uh, lengths are going to, especially with rookies. I don't know why they aren't doing it with everybody because it hasn't sunk in yet. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would say, you know, with the Lions players, there were different sorts of punishments based on the details. I think moving forward, everybody's getting a year. And if we have to go further, we're going to do just that. And the, the NFL's not playing. They're not going to budge on this. They're not going to follow other leagues. This is our rules. Uh, If you don't want to follow them, get out. You're going to sit at least a year, and you're not going to get paid. And if it doesn't stop, it's going to get get worse. Yeah, the thing for me when I first heard about this was, is this the new norm? Like, we're just going to continue to see these players who can't help themselves, and they have other (laughs) accounts set up. Like, they're going to – you know, lengths to do this as well. So clearly they know they're not supposed to do it. If it's set up through another name or whatever they're doing, whatever the details are, it just seems like the more and more, you know, that states are legalizing it. I don't know how and when this is going to stop. As far as potentially getting a lifetime ban or that being on the table, I think there are two things to think about. Number one, what is the organization involved in all of this? Because when it comes to, say, the Lions, where there are a few players who are receiving uh, punishment, 
that could be something you could point to and say, well, maybe the Lions needs to do a better job of explaining what the rules are. Maybe the Colts were right. better at this than the Lions as far as telling their players what they could and couldn't do. And so that organizational malfunctions, that may be part of this. Uh, but the other thing, too, and Aaron, I think you hit the nail on the head here, and that is what? how often are they betting? What are they betting on? Those kinds of things. I feel like, you know, given the Players Association, it might be really hard to put a lifetime ban up immediately. But definitely, if you have a punishment and someone continues to do it, Usually the second, third set of infractions, as far as like other sports are concerned, that's when, say, a league will come in and have some real punishments there. And so it's a possibility. I don't know, but it is uh, unfortunate, to say the least. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we'll take an early morning dive into a full MLB card right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus 